Welcome to The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. I'm Josh Elledge, founder and CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. We believe that every person has a unique message which can positively impact the world. Now, on this podcast, your host, veteran radio personality Jennifer Longworth, encourages entrepreneurs to share not only their expertise, but their stories and their hearts. You're going to love this show. You're going to hear real stories from real people on The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. So let's go. Start off with what is your mission and vision. Get really clear about that. Start to build a culture around that. And then as you interact with potential target market or potential clients, keep that relationship part front and center and really get to know their problems, their issues, their needs, what frustrates them, how they like to be spoken to. And then, of course, what comes out of that is how you can best help. This is Jennifer Longworth, and today's thoughtful entrepreneur is Jurgen Strauss of InnovaBiz. Jurgen is a marketing strategist, speaker, and podcaster. He has spent years in both the corporate world and small business world at the intersection of technology, science, human behavior, marketing, and business management, leading global multinational teams across Asia, Europe, India, North America, and Australia. He is founder and chief innovator at InnovaBiz, who partners with exceptional business coaches to enable them to acquire more leads and more business by reaching their ideal target prospects with their message, so that they will achieve growth and be able to make a difference to more ideal clients. As host of the Innova Buzz podcast with over 170 episodes, Jurgen has interviewed with innovative entrepreneurs from around the world. He also hosts the Tales of Marketing Transformation show, which is all about making marketing more human. Access the transformational marketing hub by visiting innovabiz.co slash VIP. Welcome to the show, Jurgen. Thanks, Jennifer. It's a pleasure to be here. It was fun. I've been on your podcast, the Anova Buzz podcast, and Josh Elledge, who's voice folks here at the beginning of this one, has also been your guest. Yes, he has. Yeah, both of you have. Tell us a little bit about the Anova Buzz podcast and what that's all about. So the Anova Buzz podcast is essentially about innovation and modern marketing. And I interview a guest each week, or at the moment, we're actually publishing twice a week because we've got so many awesome guests coming on and they share their experience around their area of expertise. So we've had people in the area of podcasting like yourself. Recently, I interviewed Jeff Hoffman, who was the founder of Priceline.com on talking about entrepreneurship and how to get new ideas and how to develop ideas, how to recognize what's a good idea and what uh, would be a marketable idea and how to then bring that to market. We've had Michael E. Gerber on the podcast talking about the e-myth and the philosophy around structuring business. We've had lots of awesome guests on to talk about those things. So that's the Innova Buzz podcast. Fantastic. Now, now part of your philosophy about what you do is to make marketing more human. So what do you mean by that? Well, if you step back to before the internet, People basically worked with people, in fact. And that's what I say today. It's still the same. People work with people. And, you know, the saying of people deal with people that know, like, and trust. And if you look at the marketing funnel from the point of view of relationships, really it is, you know, there's a, a stage of getting to know someone, a stage of getting to like them, a stage of trusting them, and then you do business with them. And in today's world of technology, we all risk using technology at the extreme. Instead of just using technology as an enabler to continue to build those relationships and perhaps even free up our own time 
to focus on deepening those relationships and getting to know our target market, our clients much more deeply and building those relationships much more deeply, we kind of default back to the technology. So for example, at the extreme, we might have an email marketing system set up that sends out bulk emails to people that are just impersonal and basically saying, here's some information, here's what I've got to offer, do you want to buy this? Without taking the steps somewhere in that sequence to actually build relationships with people. So that it's, it's really going back to that, bring that relationship part back and really focus on that relationship that I mean by making marketing more human again. Yeah. And we get addicted to the technology. It's so much easier just to blast out something in email. Hey, I've written this. Everyone needs to know about it. I'm just going to send it to everyone. And, you know, everyone listening has probably experienced these emails. I read one earlier today and a lot of them I don't bother reading because like you said, it's impersonal. It doesn't do anything to build a relationship. And the ones I have chosen to open to read They're the ones from people who I have built a relationship with. We've been on a call or met in person or something like that. We have more interaction anyway. And that's why I'm opening their email because I know I can trust them and know that whatever information they're sending is worth reading. Yeah, that's right. I So I have a lot of automation set up in my business and, and the automation really is about helping me focus my time where I add the most value and, and the relationships is one of those areas where I add a lot of value because I can't, I don't believe I can outsource that to technology. With your example of email, I have a whole lot of systems set up that I only get maybe 20% of the emails that are sent to me. 80% go through and disappear into various places that I never even bother to look. The other 20%, I still delete 90% of those without even looking at the title much less. You know, I look at the person and I might scan the title, but 80% of those just get deleted. And then, you know, there's a really funny example that I've got a few of these recently. Hello, my name is Sam or whatever. I'm, I'm a content writer and I'd like to write a guest blog article for your blog. And I've looked at your blog and it's really wonderful and great advice. And my area of expertise is health foods. <laughs> and so I'd like to write this article about health foods for your blog. Well, you know, my blog's got nothing to do with health foods. So if they really had looked at it, they would know that it's all about marketing and business. Yeah. Podcasters get this that same thing. Yeah. I, as you know, as a podcast, you probably get pictures like, hey, I love your show. Can I come on? And you're like, I don't think you really have ever listened to my show. Mm. So what is your idea of the the transformational marketing strategy what what's different about that well we've developed this as a system um, basically that's how we run our marketing and how we help our clients build their marketing strategy so it's a 12-step system and it's based on the hero's journey metaphor so it's it's a very personalized experience so I talked about the no like trust bit that essentially that's a hero's journey because people become aware of somebody providing a service or a product 
And the first reaction, of course, is a little bit of skepticism. And they say, well, no, that might not be a good fit or the price might not be right or I don't even know that person, so why should I trust them? So there's there's that step which is kind of part of the hero's journey and that's all good. There's nothing wrong with that. But as a marketer, you need to know, well, how do you then lead the person through that step and make sure that you get the right people taking the next step? So for a lot of people, when they have that skepticism, the right choice for them is to say, no, this is not for me. And my interpretation of making marketing human again is not that as a marketer, you kind of try to convince them that, yes, it really is for you, but that you understand that if it's not for them, they're not your client. And, you know, the best thing you can do for those people is perhaps refer them on to someone else if, if you think there's a good match somewhere. For the people that are a good match for you, then it's working through the next stages and basically taking them through a step-by-step sequence that involves providing them with enough information that they can make an informed choice, then going through the stage of building the trust through nurturing, so through providing them more information, through answering the questions that they have in terms of how does what you're doing for me work? How will it work? What will happen if I go here? So people will have a lot of questions before they can make a final decision to part with their money and take the step, which is kind of crossing the threshold, if you like, in the hero's journey of coming on board with your product or service. And then unlike most traditional marketing, our system, we have the next step. So I say delivering your product or service and delivering that in an exceptional way. So really being outstanding is a key part of your marketing because you've, you know, the marketing, you've made a promise. Now it's time to deliver on that promise once clients have purchased your product or service and delivering on that promise in a way that they'll be blown away because by doing that, they become part of your marketing team. And so the next stage then is having systems in place where they can easily refer other people to you that are a match and also having systems in place to understand them at a deeper level so that you find out what other needs do they have that I can possibly help them with. And then the final stage is kind of how do you systemize your business so that you can scale that whole thing and still deliver that exceptional outcome. And part of that is also the customer retention part. So making sure that the customers that you do have, that you're still paying attention to them, you're still nurturing them in the environment that they're in, whilst you're also working to acquire new customers. Because a lot of businesses focus a large amount of their energy on acquiring new customers. And once the customer buys into their product or service, they kind of forget to pay attention to them. So I like what you're saying here. Basically, what I'm hearing is that marketing doesn't stop once you get a yes. It's an ongoing process throughout the client relationship. I did sales, advertising sales for a while, a few years ago. And my boss was like, so let's talk about client follow-up. I was like, client follow-up, right. Yeah, I wasn't doing any of that. Once they mm. signed, I was like, thank you for your money. Have a nice day. And totally was missing out on that until we had that conversation. He's like, uh, yeah, you're supposed to continue the relationship with these people. So your process of you know walking through the hero's journey and developing the relationship and making marketing more human, this is kind of speaking to me and and resonated with lots of things I've been hearing and considering lately anyway. And of course, you mentioned systems yeah. and it all comes back around to systems, doesn't it? 
That's right. Well, that's that's where, in terms of utilizing technology, uh, that's where technology really adds value to this personalized human marketing to build systems to take things that are repetitive tasks off the plate of the people who can then interact with the people who are the customers and and continue to build those relationships. I spent a lot of years in the corporate world and as you probably know the you know bigger corporations have their um, product development department they have their marketing department they have a sales department they have an operations department they might have a manufacturing department and they've all got roles in the cycle of delivering an outcome for the customer. And often in in those big corporations, there's uh, boundaries between those departments. And so you find that, okay, the marketing does these things. And when it comes to building the customer relationships or um, nurturing or following up with customers, it's, oh, hang on, that's not the marketing department's role. And and so it breaks down somewhere because it gets lost in that, in the silos. So in a, a larger environment like that, how do we get people to work together? How do we get people to talking together? Is marketing just supposed to understand that this is their continual job or in a big corporation, is this just the way it's going to be? In? <laughs> yeah. Well, one of the things that we did, this was a big project that I worked on. Um, one of the last projects I worked on when I was in the corporate world was take the idea of these silos. So if you imagine vertical silos representing all the different departments and overlaying across that a horizontal team. So you'd get a team that was composed of representatives from all the different functions and they would be assigned to a customer and they would manage as a team the entire customer relationships and interactions. So what we then did was worked with a customer right from the outset and say, well, what, what needs do you have around a particular area? How can we address that need? And then we started doing some product research around that and getting the customer feedback. So, you know, doing almost a lean development technology. So early prototype into the customer's hands, getting their feedback, what's wrong, what needs to be improved, what doesn't work, what does work. And at all points in that, so in the early stages when uh, the research and development people were the main drivers of the work, the sales and the procurement and the supply chain people were all still involved so that they could provide their input and say, well, that solution might cause some problems down the track when we go to source raw materials or when we go into manufacturing because we don't have the equipment or the capability to manufacture that type of product. So that resulted in a much faster turnaround of the product. It resulted in working with the customer very early. So there was lots of personal interaction there between different departments in the company plus with the customer and everybody was vested in the the product going right through to a successful commercial outcome and delivering a successful outcome to the customer and then we had one person who was kind of the main interface with the customer who would do all the follow-up who would then once once that project was completed continue to manage that relationship now was it your experience of the corporate world and and being frustrated with some things you're seeing that prompted you to create a Nova Biz or was there something else that encouraged you to go out on your own? I got to the point where I'd had 23 years in the corporate world and, and I enjoyed pretty much 21 years of those. But the last two <laughs> years, I was getting very frustrated 
there was a bit of a cultural shift in the company. There were mergers and, and restructures and, um, you know, it took me two years to realize that it just didn't, no longer matched my core beliefs. And I'd gotten to the point where I'd get up in the morning and I would prefer not to go to work, which was quite unusual because, as I say, 21 years, I really enjoyed it. So I got to the point where when they had another restructure, I put my hand up for a, a redundancy, took a package and decided I'll go out on my own, take all the experience that I have and package it up for helping small business. So we were working in the B2B space with fairly large corporations, fairly large multinational corporations. So I thought without all the resources around me, I'm obviously not going to be able to deliver a good outcome to large corporations. So I'll focus on the area of small business where I thought that they needed a lot of help in this area of business processes, business structure, marketing, and so on. So that's what prompted me to go out into my own business. Fantastic, because as small business owners, we we have a mission, we have a purpose, we have a thing that we like to do, and then there's this business side of it. <laughs> like, oh wait, that's right, yeah. We can't just be doing our thing. We have to, you know, think about this as a business and do all the businessy stuff. So it's kind of where you and your team step in to, to help some of the entrepreneurs. That's right, and I, I work. Uh, I mean, I've got a business coach that's worked with me around looking, taking all of that even higher in terms of what's my environment and what's my purpose around that. And so we, you know, and I've started working with her together with other businesses to really dig into that because a lot of businesses, small businesses, start out with, you know, I'm good at this, or I have this wonderful idea for a product, and I know I can make that, and I know I'll be good at making that product, and and then they start up with that, with either the idea or the product, often they don't even confirm that that would be needed in the marketplace that, and they don't necessarily understand, well, who's the ideal client for that? Who, who really has that need and what other needs do they have and how do they best like to build that relationship, which I talked about earlier. But the other thing is they have it in their minds what their purpose is and, and how they'd like it to be, but they don't necessarily get really clear on that so that when they make decisions around hiring staff, around picking software or picking um, you know, resources that they use inside their business, it's very haphazard rather than really from the outset being really clear about what your vision is and what your purpose is and then building the whole business culture around that. So starting off, you know, when you hire staff, it's got to be a cultural fit. That's the most important thing to have staff that are a cultural fit. You can teach them the skills, but you can't teach the culture. And then in terms of, so let's say a project management system or a customer relationship management system, which when you start to scale a small business from one person to say 10 people, then you really need things like that. But there's so many of those out there and all of them are very good, but not all of them are a match to every business. So how do you pick the one that's a good match to your business? Because if you pick the wrong one, there's a lot of frustration, a lot of time wasting. Of course, there's a cost involved. And at some point, you're probably going to say, let's change it over. I mean, I've gone through all that. I started out, you know, oh, this one looks nice. It's a shiny new toy. I'll do that one. And then at some point, I thought, it doesn't do this and it doesn't do that. And then sort of drop that one and start up a new one. And then, of course, you have to transfer all your information over. So there's there's costs everywhere that and time involved as well in doing that. And if you're really clear about vision and purpose up front and really have that as the guiding light to making all those decisions, it makes things so much easier. So what advice do you have for the thoughtful entrepreneur who's listening? 
start off with what is your mission and vision, get really clear about that, start to build a culture around that. And then as you interact with potential target market or potential clients, keep that relationship part front and center and really get to know their problems, their issues, their needs, what frustrates them, how they like to be spoken to. And then, of course, what comes out of that is how you can best help. Now, if people want to learn more and connect with you, how can they best do that? Yeah, well, the best place to find me is at our website, innovabiz.com.au. I'm also on LinkedIn and Twitter. As um, our Twitter is at innovabiz, N-I-N-N-O-V-A-B-I-Z. And um, if people are interested to have a look at the 12-step marketing program, they can see that for free at innovabiz.co forward slash VIP. Thank you so much for joining me, Jürgen. Thanks, Jennifer. It was a pleasure to be here. Thanks for listening to The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. If you are a thoughtful entrepreneur who would like to be a media celebrity and be on our show, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest and attend my next live webinar where I'll reveal how to get more respect from influencers and media so that you can get more sales and traffic. Now, please do us a favor. If you like the guest that was just interviewed, would you share this episode on social media and in your podcast player right now? please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill our mission to help create more media celebrities. Make sure to hit subscribe, binge listen to our previous episodes, and we'll send you the next episode automatically. Thanks for listening and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Revolution.